Is it is it hard is it hard to be fresh if you don't have money or can you still pull it off? See, when I ain't had no money, I still had sauce. Mm -hmm. So if you don't got no sauce, then you're lost. Mm -hmm. But you can also get lost in the sauce. Yo, what's up, everybody? Episode 128 of the Howl Infinity Podcast, the podcast dedicated to everything sports and nerd culture. Like always, I'm your host, Jacob, and we got a great episode lined up for you today, folks. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl with the Rams winning, give you my thoughts and reactions on that, and then we're going to look into All-Star Weekend in the NBA. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Yes, 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 that time weekend, everybody. Episode 128 of the Howl Infinity Podcast, the podcast dedicated to everything sports and nerd culture. Like always, I'm your host, Jacob. First time listening to the podcast, welcome to the podcast. And if you're a returning listener, we're glad to have you back for another fantastic episode. Like always, follow us on our social media sites. Like us on Facebook at Howl Infinity Podcast. Follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at High Infinity Pod or follow me, the host, on my personal accounts, Twitter and Instagram, I so yeah, I'm Asian. And if you didn't get all that, to hit the link tree link up in the bio of the podcast. As our podcast, social media sites, and our podcast streaming platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the Anchor app, and plenty more. And last but not least, if you like what you hear, please leave your boy a five-star review on your preferred streaming platform. That would be greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated. So... Hope everybody's doing good, doing pretty good myself. Weekend was very good. We'll get into that in a second. But first, quick announcement. March is around the corner. And of course, you know, college basketball has March Madness with the brackets on all that stuff. And usually people like to do theme brackets around March Madness time. So that's what we're doing this year with the podcast. So what is the theme this year? We're doing March Madness, but with Marvel movies, I'll call it. Marvel March Madness. We got 60 movies. Usually it's 64, like 64 teams, but I tried to add as many movies as possible, but some movies I know wasn't going to make it far in the tournament, so what's the point of adding them? So yeah, 60 movies broken up into four regions and one winner. I started working on this late December and early January. Got all the movies picked out, all the seedings out the way and everything. And we got all kinds of Marvel movies in this bracket. We got the MCU movies, the Sony Spider-Man movies, a few X-Men movies, and even some miscellaneous Marvel movies from way back in the day. More info on that this weekend. The next weekend, I'll unveil the movies that's going to be in the bracket. And the bracket itself will be unveiled the following day. So make sure you follow us on our social media pages. And voting will take place on the Facebook page and the Instagram page. So like I said, make sure you follow the podcast pages or my personal pages where I will post the voting matchups. And if you see the voting up, just check it out and just cast your votes. You know, like 
the still popular phrase, your vote matters in this voting as well. So if you see the two movies that's going against each other, you know, pick one, which one you think is better. If you only seen one, not the other, just pick the one you've seen. And if you haven't seen any of them, just pick one. You know, this is all in good fun. But moving on, we got another great episode this week. First up, let's talk about the Super Bowl. And it's only fitting that the Super Bowl ended in crazy fashion, judging by how the playoffs has been so far this year or how the playoffs were this year. And it's safe to say that this has probably been the best NFL playoffs I've ever seen personally. All four divisional games was one on the last play, three walk-off field goals and a walk-off TD in overtime. The two title games ended with a walk-off field goal and a last-second defensive stop. And the Super Bowl ended with a touchdown in the final minute. And it was a hell of a game. And if the Bengals would have won, I would have talked about it on the podcast still. I'm not that damn petty. But I would have talked about it more in like passing. It would have been like, hey, you know, Bengals won the Super Bowl. I wish the Rams would have won. Um, you know, I wish we would have did this, this, and that better. But since the Rams won, my Rams, we're getting a whole damn segment out of this. So, yeah, the Super Bowl was good. Great game and halftime show. I'll talk about the halftime show a little bit later, but the Rams were definitely the favorite going into the Super Bowl. I think they were like four-point favorites, but the week of the Super Bowl, it was about 50-50 on the game picks. I see a lot of people, like a lot of football analysts and a lot of folks on social media picking the Bengals, and I was like, okay, then, you know, I get it. You know, Joe Burrow and the Bengals were on a hot streak. Sometimes you got to ride the hot hand, but anyways, good game to the Bengals. They played great. But all last week, all I heard was Joe Shiesty, Joe Burr, Joe Cool. Granted, I do like Joe Burrow. He's going to be one of the top quarterbacks I'm trying to get in fantasy football next season. And I think he's going to be great in years to come. But to me, I just felt like, I'm pretty sure some people, some other people felt like this too. But I felt like people were just crowning him just a little too early. If he would have won the Super Bowl, I wouldn't I would have crowned him too like everybody else. Just like we did Mahomes after he won the Super Bowl like two or three years ago. But like I said, he won the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow got there. He just needed to finish the job. But I'll get into their team and their team future a little later. But let's get to the team that won the Rams. Like I said, my LA Rams. Can't lie. I was a wreck for most of the game. I was standing up the entire third and fourth quarter. I did not pay attention to any. Of those damn commercials. I can't even lie. I can't name I can't I can't even name you like I can't even name like five commercials that was played during the Super Bowl. I just know uh was the LeBron James one where he went back in time to uh talk to his younger self and those memes were killing me talking about like he was like, you know, if Westbrook call you, don't answer that damn phone. But yeah, that's like the only commercial that really stuck out to me, or that's the only one only one I remember from the Super Bowl. Because one of my friends messaged me on the group chat. He was like, hey, man, they just showed a Doctor Strange trailer. And I was like, hey, man, I can't lie. I was making me some food at that time. And I was like, damn, aren't they supposed to show the commercials after the game has started? But if you're wondering if I'm going to talk about a Doctor Strange trailer in this episode, I do apologize. I will get to that next week. If things uh, you know go according to plan, because next week there's no topics planned as of yet. And but the week after. I'm going to be talking about my expectations for the new Batman movie. But back to the Super Bowl. When the game started, I felt pretty comfortable that the Rams were going to win. After the first drive, you know, we got a first down that we punted. Okay, you know, get the Super Bowl nerves out the way. Then we stopped the Bengals on fourth down. 
and got the ball back around midfield. Then the offense started to cook. Stafford hit Cup for a big catch and run. Then Stafford hit Odell Beckham Jr. for a touchdown. Bengals got the ball back, drove back down the field. Chase beat Jalen Ramsey on the deep ball and was down like near the goal line or whatever. But we held him to a field goal, got the ball back, marched right downfield again. Got a big catch from OBJ to set up the second touchdown, the Sean McVay special, as I call it. Bootleg rollout pass to Cooper Cup. Easy pitching catch from Stafford to Cup. 13-3 after the botched PAT. And after <laughs> and after we botched the point after, I was like, I feel like this is going to bite us in the ass later on in the game. But continuing on, Bengals drove the ball downfield, scored a touchdown on a nice little halfback pass from Joe Mixon to T. Higgins, made it score 13-10. to Then the first big momentum shift of the game happened. Odell got injured and left the game. I feel bad because Odell was cooking that damn game. Like It, it looked like a knee injury. And at the moment, I thought, you know, Odell can come back. You know, it said it was he was questionable to, to return during halftime. He had two catches, 52 yards, and a touchdown at that point. And if he would have stayed in the game and kept producing, he would have had a pretty good chance to win a Super Bowl MVP. And I feel comfortable saying if Odell didn't get hurt, Rams would have won by like 10 to 14 points the way he was cooking at the beginning of the game. Because... All of the Bengals' focus was on Cooper Cup, and that left Odell on the what? Second and third receiver, one-on-one. That's easy money right there. Then a few plays later, after OBJ got hurt, Matt Stafford threw a pick in the end zone. That was probably the only bad throw from him the entire game, if I'm being honest with you. Then the Bengals got a penalty (laughs) for taunting because a player who wasn't in uniform was out there celebrating with the team. Because at first, I was like, why they flagged him? Usually, they let them, you know, celebrate if the defense score a touchdown. You know, not a touchdown. You know, the defense make a pick or something or a touchdown. They run to the end zone post for the camera. But I didn't know you had to be in uniform to do that. Well, I was like, oh, this is a new rule. I'm just wondering for the first time. But anyways, that was the end of the first half. Now onto the halftime show, which I tried to enjoy. Well, I really did enjoy the halftime show. One of the better ones in recent years. But while I was bobbing my head to like... Yeah, while I was bobbing my head to still Dre, in the back of my mind, I was like, I hope OBJ is okay. Then we got the news that he was out for the rest of the game, and I was like, shit, I know where this is going. They're going to roll coverage over to Cooper Cup and make Stafford throw to, like, the third and fourth receiver. Also add the fact that we couldn't run the ball worth the damn that game. We had 23 carries for 43 yards the entire game, so we had an uphill battle ahead of us. The next thing you know, first play of the third quarter, Burrow hit Higgins for like a 75-yard touchdown. And I thought at first Jalen Ramsey fell. When I saw the replay, I was like, Higgins grabbed his ass by the face mask and dragged him down. I was like, damn, can we get a P.I. call? Shit. But me being optimistic, I was like, okay, no, get up. Dust yourself off. Let's get the ball back and let's do something with it. And I was like, when it rains, it pours. Because Stafford threw a pass to like our fourth wide receiver. Hit him in the hands, got tipped up, Bengals picked it off, and I was like, man, real talk, if the Bengals score a touchdown and make it 24-13, I might cut the damn game off. Now, here comes the second turning point of the game. On third down at like the 11 or something like that, Aaron Donald sacked Joe Burrow, forcing a field goal. And on last week's episode, I did say the biggest matchup for the Super Bowl was the Rams D-line versus the Bengals O-line, and I was like, 
we got to get the Burrow to win this damn game. And we did sack them and tie the Super Bowl record with seven sacks on Burrow. Six of them coming in the second half, and they were headhunting. Like I said last week, Aaron Donald and Von Miller got two sacks apiece, and the defense was cooking in the second half after that big play by Burrow to start the third quarter with. But the offense couldn't muster up nothing. I was like, damn, man. Because the defense is playing lights out. We could get back in this game and win it. We could get something a little bit offensively. And that was probably the worst I've seen the offense play all year. But we was able to get a field goal to cut it down to like 20 to 16 going into the fourth quarter. Fast forward about six or seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. Rams got the ball back with 80 yards to go. And I was like, okay, we need a drive because this is it. Stafford. I know you want to pass the ball to the third and fourth receiver because Cooper Cup is double covered, but you need to dance with the person that brought you there. And that was Cooper Cup. Like, I don't care if that man was double covered. You throw the ball to Cooper Cup, damn it. And Cup had four receptions, a fourth down run, and of course the game went a touchdown on a nice back shoulder fade from Stafford with like a minute left in the game. And I was like, okay, defense, I need you boys to headhunt one more time. And then we got to stop on fourth down. And I got two of my three predictions right. Didn't get the final score right. Well, technically, I was three for three. I said the Rams are going to win. But I didn't get the score right. But I did say we needed to sack Burrow to win. I said four or five times was good enough. But we got him seven times. And I said the defense will make the game win and play. So the Rams are Super Bowl champs. Matt Stafford got the monkey off his back. They said he couldn't win a big one. But in one playoff run... He beat Tom Brady and sent him in retirement. That's count for like 10 playoff wins right there by itself. And he got a Super Bowl on a game-winning drive. In the words of one of my favorite rappers, Benny the Butcher, now that's a legend. Won the chip in his first year in L.A. And I tell you, when you go to L.A., that L.A. sun hits different. I'm not going to lie. Uh, you feel like you're invincible when you're in L.A. I tell my friends who've never been to L.A., this is probably not the best analogy, but... It's the best one I could come up with. But L.A., if your first time going there, L.A. is like a drug. You get your first hit, and you're going to be chasing that high. Like, that's how L.A. is. Like, you, you you don't want to leave when you go to L.A. Then you see them damn gas prices and traffic and all that other stuff. And you're like, yeah, I probably want to leave L.A. But, but besides all that, L.A., fantastic city to visit. I consider it one of the best cities. Definitely the best city in uh in America, I would pick LA over New York any day. And definitely one of the best cities in the world. There's always something to do in LA. Man, I need to go back to LA. I might plan me a trip later on this year if things go according to plan. But anyway, yeah, moving on. Rams won the Super Bowl. OBJ got a ring after being the scapegoat in Cleveland, saying, Well, you know, Odell Beckham Jr., the reason why Cleveland sucks, the reason why Baker Mayfield's regressing. Turns out put him on the team with a good quarterback. Good front office. You see what happens. Super Bowl champ. Aaron Donald got his ring just as his already stacked resume. Cooper Cup won the wide receiver triple crown. Offensive player of the year and Super Bowl MVP. Probably had the greatest single season for a wide receiver. You know I'm a numbers guy. So in 21 games, regular season, 17 games, playoffs and Super Bowl, four games, he had 178 receptions. A playoff record, 33 receptions. 2,425 receiving yards, 21 touchdowns, and won the Super Bowl. Numbers don't lie. 
And Sean McVay is now the youngest coach to ever win a Super Bowl at the tender age of 36 years old. So where do both teams go from here? Starting off with the Bengals, they got youth on their side. Joe Burrow is on his rookie deal. All three of his receivers are under contract. Joe Mixon is a is young too, I think. Things like only in, in his like fifth year or something like that. And the defense is pretty good, but they gotta address the elephant in the room, and that's the offensive line. We saw the last two Super Bowls how important an offensive line is. Yes, it's not the sexiest position. You know, you got quarterback, running back, wide receiver, hell, tight end nowadays, but they're very important. No matter if you're Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow, you can't be elite. If you keep getting sacked. But yeah, the O-line is definitely an upgrade they need to do in the offseason. But the Bengals are one of the favorites in the AFC next year. You got them. You got the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Buffalo with Josh Allen. New England with Mac Jones. Chargers with Herbert and Ravens with Lamar Jackson. All of them got great young quarterbacks. And arguably, the best one didn't even play last season in Deshaun Watson. Yes, we all know he has some legal stuff going on. But if he's not charged, he may come back next season to play. For what team? I don't know yet. Also, didn't even mention teams like the Titans and the Raiders. So the AFC is going to be stacked for years to come. Now on to the Rams. Can't lie. We are losing a lot. The offensive coordinator just took the Vikings job. He basically had the job since the NFC title game. But I think we'll bounce back because uh, McVay has a, he has a heavy hand in the offensive game playing week to week. Also, we're losing another coach on defense to another team. I can't remember which team he's going to. But And uh, the current defensive coordinator, he's been interviewing for jobs as well. So he may go. And we got a lot of key free agents and some people retiring as well. Our offensive left tackle, Andrew Whitworth, he may retire. Hell, he's 40 years old. He's been contemplating retirement for the past couple of years now. But now he's a champion, so he can go out on top. And a surprise announcement before the game. Aaron Donald was like, or he said he would contemplate retirement if they won. But they won. To be honest, I don't see him retiring. Also got some key free agents this offseason as well. Of course, you got Odell Beckham Jr. and Von Miller. Personally, I would like to keep them both. It's reported that Odell Beckham did tear his ACL in the Super Bowl. So whether he stays with us or goes to another team, he's going to be out at least half the season. But if he do resign... We got Robert Woods coming back off his ACL injury. We got Van Jefferson. Hopefully he can make some improvements in the offseason. And, of course, we got Cooper Cup. We got those three with Van Jefferson. That's a scary wide receiver core right there. And with Von Miller, the way he played in the playoffs, especially in the NFC title game in the Super Bowl, a lot of teams are going to be knocking on his door. Other free agents we got, we got the second-best cornerback. We got Darius Williams available. The kicker, Matt Gay, just made a Pro Bowl. He's a free agent this year. And a few other on defense. So if we lose any of them, we got to rebuild and retool through the free agency and draft. I would personally like to see some more offensive linemen drafted or gain throughout free agency. So we'll see what we'll do during the offseason. Also, going into the next season, we should be one of the favorites to win the NFC next year. Especially with Brady retiring and we don't know the whole Aaron Rodgers situation. Does he stay in Green Bay? Does he go to Denver? That's like the the front runner right there. I assume it's going to be us and the Cowboys and a few other teams that's favoring the NFC. Rumors on the Bucks They're trying to trade for Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. We'll see how that goes. And all of a sudden, Colin Murray's unhappy in Arizona. I remember right when the Super Bowl ended, 
I saw the bottom of the screen. Kyler Murray's unhappy in Arizona. I was like, what the hell going on? But like I said, right after the Super Bowl, they also announced the betting odds. Next year, uh, we're third favorite to win the Super Bowl behind the, uh, not the Bucks, the Chiefs and the Bills, of course. So it's Chiefs, Bills, us, and the Bengals at fourth. But next year is a new year. The Rams are now the hunted instead of the hunter this time. Every team is going to give us our best shot. And the schedule has been released or the teams will play next year has been released. We just got to, you know, have the schedule released to see, you know, when we play this team and all that stuff. But so far, we play seven teams that made the playoffs this past year. Notable games are the Chiefs, Bills, and the Cowboys. They play, uh, they play the Buccaneers again, too, as well. So we just got to retool and be prepared to defend the throne next season. So NBA All-Star Weekend is this weekend, one of my favorite sports weekends of the year. And with the NFL having an extra game, that means we get the Super Bowl and All-Star Weekend in back-to-back weeks. It takes place in Cleveland this year, the first time fans are back after the pandemic is quote-unquote over. Last year, there was no fans when they went to Atlanta, and I was like, damn, the only time we go to Atlanta for the All-Star game, can't have no fans. But anyways, All-Star Weekend starts this Friday with the Celebrity Game. And then followed by the Rising Stars game. And they changed the format to the Rising Stars game throughout the years. It's always been first and second year players, a.k.a. rookie and sophomores. And it used to be rookie versus sophomores. Then they picked teams. And the past few years, it's been Team USA versus Team World. And this year, they're doing a four-team tournament format. I think it's like four teams of seven. And they're going to do three-on-three, I assume. So I'm going to tune into that to see how that format goes. Then Saturday's All-Star Saturday, the All-Star Showcase. Personally, my favorite night of All-Star Weekend has its three signature events. We got the Skills Challenge, three-point contest, and the Dunk Contest. But I do miss that game or the event where they have like the WNBA player, the NBA player, and like a legend from a team. And they shoot shots all over the court and whoever finishes it first or the fastest wins the game. I do miss that game a lot. I think it used to start, I think it was called... The Shooting Stars Challenge or something like that. But anyways, first event in All-Star Showcase Saturday is the Skills Challenge. They have a new format this year. It used to be just guards. In the past few years, they did guards versus big men. But this year, they got the team format. Three teams. You got Team Cavaliers. You got Jared Allen, Darius Garland, and Evan Mobley. All play for Cavaliers. You know, the host team for All-Star Weekend. Then you got Team Rookies. You got... Scotty Barnes from the Raptors, Cade Cunningham, number one overall pick from the Pistons, and Josh Giddy from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Then you got Team Antetokounmpo, Giannis, and two of his brothers. From what I read, the first round will have all three teams compete, and I'm wondering it's going to be like a relay format, like one team member does the course, and when they're done, the next person goes, and the next person goes, and whoever finishes the fastest wins. But anyways, the top two teams out of those three We'll face each other in the finals. Who I got winning? Me being a Giannis fan. I want to say Team Giannis, but of course, all his, you know, him and uh, his two brothers are considered big men. 
and I want to say uh, Team Cavaliers, I want to say Darius Garland is a point guard. Originally, the Lakers drafted him, but they traded that pick for Anthony Davis, and that pick went to the Cavs. Don't get me started on my Lakers. It's supposed to be a fun episode. Anyways, yeah, Darius Garland, Jared Allen, and Evan Mobley. Like, Garland's a point guard, and other two considered big men, so I'm going to go with Team Rookie or Team Rookies to win because all three of them are guards, primary ball handlers, very skilled young players. Next up is a three-point shootout contest. Probably the premier event over the past few years. Got some pretty good shooters in here. We got CJ McCollum of the New Orleans Pelicans. Got to get used to that. They got Trey Young from the Hawks. Zach Levine from the Bulls. Desmond Bain from the Grizzlies. Carl Anthony Towns from the Timberwolves. Was really shocked he was in it. And I looked it up. He's shooting 40% from three. Which, which as a center, I was like, damn, Steph Curry. Then you got Fred Van Fleet from the Raptors, Luke Kennard from the Clippers, and Patty Mills from the Brooklyn Nets. Looking at this list, you can assume that Trey Young and Zach Levine are the two favorites in this contest. But, hmm, this was hard for me to pick. I would say Luke Kennard is a dark horse to win this. But something, I don't know, Fred Van Vliet name just stuck out to me winning it. When I looked at his list, I'm going with uh, Fred Van Vliet to win a three-point shootout. And now we get to the final event, the dunk contest. Has been up and down for the past few years. I want to say the two Zach Levine versus Aaron Gordon dunk contests were the highlights over like the last 10 dunk contests. But my dream dunk contest this year would have been John Morant, Anthony Edwards from the uh, Timberwolves, Miles Bridges from the Hornets and Zion, but Zion ain't healthy. That would have been my dream dunk contest. But this year we got Cole Anthony from the Orlando Magic. I was about to say Orlando City Magic, Orlando Magic City. But yeah, Orlando Magic. You got Juan Toscano Anderson from the Golden State Warriors. Obi Toppin from the New York Knicks. And Jalen Green from the Houston Rockets. All young players. At first... I was going to say Obi Toppin was going to win, but he's more of a power dunker from what I saw in some of the Knicks games I watched. But I know that Juan Toscato Anderson got some bounce, so he might do something crazy. So I'm going to roll with Juan Toscato Anderson from the Golden State Warriors to win the dunk contest. So yeah, those are my picks. Team rookies for the three-point contest. Fred Van Vliet for the three-point contest. But if Luke Kennard wins, I'll count that as well for me getting it right. And the dunk contest, Juan Toscato Anderson from the Warriors. And then moving on to Sunday night, the All-Star game. Got Team LeBron versus Team Durant. This is the fifth year of the whole team captain pick their teams format. LeBron has been captain all five years. That means he's been one of the top two vote getters in the All-Star game. He's 4-0 as a captain under this format. So who was on Team LeBron? Of course, LeBron James. You got Giannis, Steph Curry, Jokic, DeMar DeRozan. Nice to see him having a good year. Uh, Jimmy Butler, Luca, Darius Garland, Jared Allen. He replaced James Harden, I think. You got Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and Fred Van Vliet on Team LeBron and Team Durant. Of course, Kevin Durant, but he's not playing because he's injured. You got Joel Embiid, John Morant, Jason Tatum, Andrew Wiggins, Trey Young, Lamelo Ball. He re- he's replacing Kevin Durant. Got Devin Booker, Rudy Gobert, Zach Levine, Chris Middleton, Carl Anthony Towns, DeJounte Murray, and he's replacing the final person on the team, Durant, Draymond Green. So two pretty stacked teams. 
And it looks like it's going to be a pretty good game. I will definitely be tuned in all weekend. Thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. I greatly appreciate you for taking time out of your very busy day to give this podcast a listen. Thank you for all the likes, retweets, shares, subscribes, and any other way you support the podcast. It truly means a lot to me. Like I say, I will not be here without you, the listener, and I thank you for that. So take care, be safe, and I will see y'all next time.